This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England supporters podcast. I hope you find you well. Hope you've enjoyed the recent episodes that I've released so far this year. Uh, We began in 2022 with the first in our series of England at the World Cup, where we looked at those first tournaments and those first two that England participated in back in 1950 and 1954. And the next instalment will be coming your way very soon with a very special guest. Uh, Then we had a look at Qatar with someone who's actually been there recently, Arjun Vara. Uh, He told us all about his trip there. Both those episodes are available via usual podcast provider. If you've not caught them yet, or you can find them, threelionspodcast.com. Now, on to this episode. It's an episode that I never really thought I'd do. One on men's health. But I've said before that doing this podcast, that many things have cropped up that I never thought I'd cover. So uh, here we go with another one. Uh, And with the vast majority of listeners being male, I'm fairly sure that is the case, uh, then I thought this would be appropriate. In fact, I can't actually take all the credit for this idea. Uh, It came from someone else. So uh, I'd like to welcome back to the podcast, Southampton and England fan, Callum Clifton. Callum has been on the pod before. Some may remember he told us about his first England away, a certain 3-2 away win in Seville in the Nations League. Uh, And he's also part of the It's Coming Home TV crew, who you can find on YouTube. Callum, you all right, mate? Yes, not too bad. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone listening. Hope we've all had a lovely Christmas and New Year. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Happy New Year to yourself too. Yeah, on the face of it, like, the new year or just go back one uh, I know 2021 many high points for you and all of us obviously the Euros we're all celebrating England during the summer there uh, I know you moved into you moved into a new family home you also welcomed a little Clifton into the world last year as well um, yes yeah, certainly did he's turned he just turned one himself as well so time Time flies. Yeah, it's well. in the bottom there. Time flies. It was a. It was certainly was the first six, seven, eight months where it was. It was blast after blast. Really, it was. You know, with the Euros, it did seem that month in the summer seemed to be like the high point of anyone. I think you know what was what was going on with the running the Euros. It was certainly a time. What a time to be alive as an England fan. Absolutely, yeah. Great memories and, and memories that we'll all we'll all cherish going forward. Um, if if. For those of us that were were there or, or watching on the TV, uh, memories that we can pass down to to generations to come. But I know that last year also had its had a little bit of a, some low points for yourself, which is kind of where this the idea of this episode came about, um, which we'll we'll go into a little bit more. But I don't know, maybe if, if you want to explain in your own words about last year. Um, yeah, absolutely. So basically, it kind of started in August, where I noticed the pain in my in my testicular area on just the morning on the way to work, and I it, it, it had happened before about a month or so before, but it disappeared itself. So I thought nothing of it. I thought maybe I'd slept awkwardly or just was playing football and maybe did something to it. But this time it came up, and instead of waiting around for it to see if it would go away or get any worse, I just took myself off to well tried to get hold of the doctors, but then they couldn't. So I took myself off to the hospital just to get it checked out, thinking it would be nothing. Rank, spoke to them, spoke to the missus and said, look, I'm doing this. And she went, she'll come down and meet me. Spoke nothing of it, had it assessed and they referred me down to another hospital because the hospital where I lived, the only little local one. And to cut the story short, I went for assessments there. And then again, I was told it was pretty much nothing or that the lady that did it thought it was nothing. And then I was waiting in a waiting in a little room just to just wait space, thinking I was going to go home and just carry on with my normal life. And the um, doctor come and spoke to me and said, yeah, there is something there looks like it could potentially be cancer and obviously that's a massive shock to your system at the time you something you don't expect to hear particularly myself being myself before being young and healthy and never really you know done any of those dodgy things always played football or played something in my life to keep myself fit and just it was a bit of a shock and then it's like required surgery in August 
to have one of my testicles removed. As I'm sure most of the people in like that you yourself and Block One and I were aware at the time. I let everybody know what was going on and just to tell them to basically check themselves at the time. Had the surgery, was told that I would just be observed at Bristol Hospital for a few months and I'd go back for a catch-up at the end of October and I thought that was the end of it and mm. I was told at the point it was the end of it. My mark, my tumour markings went down so it was all kind of just carried on with my normal life, carried on just with one less testicle as you say. <laughs> but then um, I was obviously due to go up to Bristol every two or six to eight weeks for just checkups and blood tests just for the next two or three years just to make sure everything was okay and that's when they told me that um the markets had gone back up and I had a bit of um testicle mm. cancer at the top left of my lung it wasn't lung I thought it was lung cancer so that caused mass panic but no it was just testicular cancer and they told me I needed um nine weeks of uh, chemotherapy starting it was literally the week after I had all because obviously I was basically it was my fault as well I delayed a lot of the doctor's appointments. Well, not delayed them, but trying to ignore them to carry on with work because I didn't think they were important. That's the thing I would give you advice. Just listen to whatever they're going to say because eventually she told me on the phone. And that was obviously hearing that on the phone, a bit blunt, was a bit like, wow. And then just a week later to be t- being told all this information about how you're going to lose your hair, how these side effects, how you basically can't go out for nine weeks because of coronavirus and how your immune system is going to be um, low. It's just, it's, it's a lot to take in. Um, currently, as we're recording this, I've just finished my first cycle and I'm just about to go on to my second of three. So I should be all done with the chemotherapy treatment as long as nothing delays it by mid-February. So I'm doing all right in myself. It's just I think the boredom itself is just killing me because I'm quite an active person, as you know, Russ. And I like being at the football and I like working and stuff, but just just a bit bored at the minute. But I'm, I'm, me and the family are doing well and just cracking on and, and the support from you guys like yourself, 109 anybody my friends and even yesterday receiving a message and it's like a donation to this GoFundMe page itself I'm one of my favorite footballers Jack Stevens at Southampton certainly um surprised me and had me unhappily smiling all day yesterday I've been blown away by all the support I've had so far to start so just an opportunity to any anyone listening to say thank you yeah no I mean yeah I'm seeing you here like smiling face looking positive is good to see and you mentioned there like messages um, have come in. I know the the England Twitter account has um, wished you well. Southampton have wished you well. As you say, the um, Southampton players are, are well behind you, as are all England fans in in wishing you well. Um, so yeah, that's that must be a real real pick me up. Oh, it's it, it is like I was one of those people. I was saying people were saying to me beforehand, "Oh, we want to set up a GoFundMe page for you or something." I was like, "No, no, no, don't leave leave that for you know other people are more in in a worse situation than myself because in myself." Apart from a couple of side effects I've had, which were not the worst, I won't delve into many details. It just leaves like a nasty taste in your mouth. And occasionally you just get um, like a, a toothache or just a headache or something. But that's literally it. But I, I, I feel like I'm fine. And then just to have it set up, someone set it up on my behalf. And then to see like those donations were going in, it's like, Jesus, it's like amazes you how much support I've even like. It, it's just like for myself and my family to see that coming in, knowing that support's there for us, what I. I'm not at work and my partner's not at work because obviously from the childcare situation, it's just, it, it blows your mind. Honestly, it blows your mind how generous people can be. And it just still, it still does now when I look at it and go, oh my God, like, it's like Jesus. It's like, you feel like you have to like thank them in a way or, you know, oh, I'm going to get you a pint next time I see you at an England game or whatever like that. I think, the, I think the amount of times I've said to anyone who's going to the England games in March, I'll have a Jager bomber, you ain't going to be able to stand up by the time kickoff comes. <laughs> no, I, I don't think there's any any need to go buying pints for everyone. I think probably everyone just want to uh, want to shake your hand and wish you well. That's probably the uh, the main thing that people want to do. And, and the, the the financial side of things there is it's there for you to use to do like get to and from hospital or, or anything that say for the childcare and that sort of thing that that you need. That's why people are are there happy to support you. One thing that I was just going to sort of go back to, if you don't mind. Yeah, you said it. You found like a, a lump on or a marking on your lung or something. Are that are they connected? Yeah. Um. So this is what kind of like frightened me at first. Basically, it's hard to explain. Really. Um. When testicular cancer kind of it, it it can happen not just in your testicles, but because obviously when you're born, you everything travels down through you. Mm. If you know what I mean, it travels down through you. They found it just like it's obviously because we're on the podcast, but on, it was on my left side. And she told me, said that we found a little bit of it just on your lung. And it might, you, if you could have seen my face at the time, 
it sort of just dropped simply because I thought it was another, I thought it was lung cancer. Yeah. I thought, Jesus, I've developed another cancer in the last, <laughs> in the last three months. But I said, is it lung cancer? And she went, no, 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 it is. It's still testing yeah. cancer. Like we said, obviously, because um, when you, when you're developing and when you're born in a baby, everything travels down to get into place. Something along those lines. I'm really, really bad at listening. That's why the girlfriend has to come along to make sure she gets everything in as well. But it was in, that's where it is this time. And that's why, and she, just to be on the safe side, I said, we're going to blast you with nine weeks of chemotherapy just to make sure, obviously, it goes. And obviously, she was not, she, she can never be 100% sure, but she was 95% sure that it's, it's obviously going to be curable and I'll be fine at the end of it. I just, I'll just need another CT scan six, seven weeks after the treatment's finished and, you know, double check, make sure everything's okay. Yeah. When, when people say, check yourself, that sort of thing, where, where would people start? How, how would you recommend or? Uh, it's it's a it's a thing that I've been told. Everyone was told in school, college, whenever I went there. But if you notice, like if you just, I, I I'd say if you notice anything wrong with your testicles or just any sort of pain, it just go to the doctors or go to the hospital and do it. Because for the first time, I did it. Even they say to check when you've had a shower, when they're warm, when it's warm and stuff, and just check down there, make sure you can't feel any lumps or it or anything. Which you obviously because you know your, your own testicles better than anybody else does. So you, if you notice something wrong then I would suggest going to the doctor, sorry, because the first time it happened, it was, I can't remember if it was just before the Euros or just, or in between, I don't I think it was just before the Euros. And I had a pain down there for three or four days. I told my partner about it. She was like, I had some family members coming on the Monday, on the Monday before, after the weekend. And I'm, and I said, sir, if it's, if it's not gone by Tuesday, I'll go to the doctors. And it went. And I thought, oh, it must have, I must have just slept awkwardly. And again, the same thing happened, but it was a bit, it was a lot worse. And I got up in the morning, I got dressed and I was walking to work. It was when I was walking, it was painful. I said, I can't, I said, I've got to go. I said, I, so I just, without going into work, I rang and said, look, I'm going to the doctors. Well, try and get hold of the doctors, which I didn't in the end. So I went straight down to the hospital and then it went from there. So mm. I'd always just say anything out, anything out of comfort, anything out of place, don't leave it to chance. Even if, because they might even tell you, they might even tell you it's nothing, so it's nothing, you've just pulled it or twisted it or whatever because I thought that's what I might have done I twisted it and it was obviously a far lot it was a far worse than what I thought it would initially be yeah no it's good to know and, and everyone should yeah take heed and, and listen and after the shower yeah literally uh, yeah after the shower simple process <laughs> <laughs> now well I mean part of the, the situation that you're in at the moment is the chemotherapy and and one of the side effects of chemotherapy is is losing your hair isn't it of which i'm i'm looking at you now um yeah. and there you are i mean you for when i when i saw you last i've seen of you obviously your photos you had a oh, you, you dark haired bushy hair yeah i had a, I had a mop of hair but yeah <laughs> it's, it's kind of it's kind of a relief i'm nowhere i have to worry about it for a couple of months <laughs> so what, did he did you cut it off yourself or how, how yes you, so people have been one of the main questions people have been saying to me is like, oh my god, mentally side of it, how are you how would you cope with no hair? And it's always been something, you know, like lockdown. I shaved I shaved a little bit, shaved my hair a bit, and not as short as it was, but yeah. basically they said it, it probably be best for you to shave it when the time does come. And obviously for a couple of weeks I was um not experiencing any sort of hair loss and stuff. And just enjoying having a full beard or because I can't grow a beard, just enjoying having facial hair yeah. and my hair and then just after Christmas, I think some of my facial hair started, like I could easily just like get it in the hand and start, if I'm not just gentle to pulling it out. And that was the first stage of it. So that, obviously, you could see it yourself in the camera. It's a little, it's a little bit yeah. patchy. It's a little bit yeah. what it is. And then um, I kept saying, I said, let's save my hair. And then my kid was away for a couple of days while my partner was at work. So he was coming back the next day. And I ran my hand through my hair, just my normal head of hair. And I got six or seven hairs in my hand, long ones. So I said, right, right this needs to We'll shave this now because the last thing for me, I could I could have quite happily let it fall out, but for the kid, obviously, who's jumping around, he could put my hands in my hair and he could yeah. just pull it. I said, let's shave it down to like a, a grade one or something. And now, obviously, it's, it's going past the grade one where if I run my hand through, it's such a weird. Only people that have ever had chemotherapy probably all can know about it. Is you could I can run my hand through my hair, and it can just like your hand looks like you've just been to the barbers or something. You know, yeah. you put you've got like a hand of hair, like a gorilla hands. So it's um I just decided to get shaved off and it obviously what the main question people ask me is like are you okay are you okay like are you I I'm fine like with the losing hair like but it just saves me like 
it's an ex- I, I'm kind of saying it's an experience. You know, you've, you can say in a few years' time, you know, I, I lost my hair at the time. And, and I'm interested to see if it comes back in a different style. Okay. Because <laughs> I've, I've been told there's a rare chance it could come back in a different colour. I don't think that'll happen. But it's just interested to see if it comes back in a different style or length or whatever. See what I could do with it once it's back and once I finish the treatment. <laughs> <laughs> so blonde Callum comes back. Yeah, could you imagine? That could ask a few questions. <laughs> oh, nice one. I mean, well, I mean, you, you, you're looking look, good. Look like, yeah, look like my photo on the support on the little um, travel club idea. That's not you when you go and collect your photo. When you go and collect, at least there's no away games in March. I not going to look like my photo anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> well. I mean, this was where the the idea for this episode came about because you dropped me a message and said, related topic idea for you, since I'm losing my hair, best bald England players. (laughs) And I looked at it and I thought, oh, yeah, it's probably, uh, that could be all right. And then I I was thinking about it more and and there was, oh, yeah, it's him, it's him. And I thought, yeah, we we can do something with this. And, And to be honest, I was thinking bald footballers and immediately... There was Lombardo, came up in my mind, oh, he's not English. There's Yapstan, the play for United, Roberto Carlos, Brazil, Zidane. I mean, obviously had a, a, a mop of hair, as did Viali as well. But they're, they're all bald now. But I was struggling to start with, to think of, of bald England footballers. I know, um, when I said it, when I said it, I couldn't. I was trying to think of a few, and the other ones kept returning in my mind with the main one, with, with, with John Joe Shelby. Yes. <laughs> the recognisable one. Yeah. It was well, like Voldemort. Like, yeah, there was the recognisable the one that was ringing around in my head with John Joe Shelby. Well, <laughs> John Joe Shelby was, I mean, he's actually sort of second on, on my list. And he's actually, I, yes, he is bald, isn't he? But it's actually alopecia, um, which I... I mean, I've I've heard the phrase. And I know it's sort of like a um, he, he's lost his hair, um, but he lost it from like a a young age. Yeah, there's a, there's a lad at Southampton who uh, represents Ireland, Will Smallbone. I think he's only twenty one or twenty two. He's also got alopecia. Okay. And he he lost he lost all his hair. There was a photo of it, like clean it. And then I was watching us play palace a couple of weeks ago and you could see it was kind of similar to mine is at the minute it was kind of patchy because it was growing in certain parts but it wasn't growing in other parts mm. it was quite interesting to see i thought he'd just shaved it off and then i didn't realize until i read into the story that he'd actually got alopecia i mean john joe shelby as you say looks like was it voldemort yeah from, from harry <laughs> harry potter is harry potter isn't it yeah, I think I believe so. I'm not. Yeah. I don't watch that story, but I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> and and when you sort of hear the backstory about him, you kind of think actually it's. It's maybe a little bit unfair the the treatment he gets from the uh, the terraces because this is what I found out about him that when he was a baby he fell down a staircase of which they um which is one of several childhood traumas which he believes could have caused his alopecia. He was prescribed cream and told to sleep in a woolly hat for a month in order to combat it, but currently gave up on that because it was discomforting. Yeah, and and that was sort of how it came about from when he was like a real young child. I never, I never knew that, but it's just, I, I, what I picked up on there several traumas as a child. Because we didn't have much of a great childhood with his parents then. <laughs> if, he's, if he's having several traumas, but I didn't actually know that. But, no. I can't imagine sleeping in a woolly hat can be much comfort, like especially with your hair coming out. No, they can be itchy at the best of times. Yeah. I mean, I've, but... I've, I've started wearing one of them recently to go out when I go out because it's cold. I can and imagine. It's not, they're not the most comfortable thing ever. I don't like wearing hats, but when it's cold at the minute, you've got no real choice. Yeah. I mean, John J. Shelby, I mean, with all due respect to him, he hard pushed to pick his best England game. I mean, if yeah. six caps he got. Uh, or he's had, I'm surprised we got that many. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's still playing though, isn't he? He's at where is he? At? Newcastle still. Newcastle, yeah. Yeah, uh, Newcastle. Any management. So he, he started in 2012, and and his last game came in 2015. He came on as a sub for Michael Carrick against San Marino in 2012. He only played under Roy Hodgson, um, but he played against San Marino, Switzerland, Lithuania, Spain, and France. Um, not a bad role cup to be fair to him. Not a, towards the last of that, Spain and France. Yeah, but I, I, I've got to be honest. I don't remember a great deal about those games. I have to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I think he's 
he is probably one of the, he was the second person that came to my mind when I was thinking England footballers. But I think the first one that I thought was Bobby Charlton. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's an iconic one. Yeah, I'd agree with that one. Because although he was bald and, and he is now, it was the comb over, wasn't it? That he yeah. had. In fact, I mean, that, yeah, that, yeah. He was clearly bald, but he had that those strands of hair just wafted over the over the top of his uh, head. <laughs> um, I'm blessing now. He's, he, I think he's he's got rid of the the comb over now, but he's uh, yeah, back in obviously in the World Cup and and before that, he did have a uh, did have a head of hair. But uh, yeah, I'll probably chart 106 caps for him between 58 and 1970. Of course, it was at one time all-time leading England goal scorer, wasn't he? Yeah, was it? Yes, until um, the certain Derby County manager broke the record, which I think, and that, I think that's going to go in the next few years with Harry Jane as well. But that's a, that's one for another one. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a record that I thought. Well, my granddad said to me, he said he thought he'd never see broken. Yeah, I'm I sure think... a lot of people have said the same. Yeah, until think, Wayne Rooney yeah. We'll, we'll see it broken. Yeah, I mean, for those of us no. that remember Wayne Rooney breaking it, we'll see Harry Kane break it. Um, and and who knows in time? Yeah, so you, look at, you look at strikers coming through now, the age is like 18, 19, there was a bit of talent. You think, oh, how long before you're banging the goals up front for England and, you know, we're singing your name in the stands. It's a right. It's, it's nice to sort of a roll call to see who can overtake who. It's, it's, it's been quite exciting, actually. Especially with the amount of games that... We are playing at the moment. Last year we played, I think it was 19 games last year. Obviously, we had seven during the Euros. But this year, 2022, with, with the World Cup come the end of the year, the, the potential to play, I'm guessing it would be another seven games. I don't know how many it would take to get to to the final off the top of my yeah, head. It's a, yeah, it's a seven game, yeah. The three group, yeah, seven games. Yeah. So same. We've got that. We've got the Nations League qualifiers uh we've got the two friendlies in march to look forward to so there's plenty of games over the over the year and over the next few years that england will be playing for a new striker to to come in and and bang the goals in and potentially come across as the uh the yes. next all-time leading scorer international football isn't as sparse as it used to be when i was growing up it's sort of a regular thing now you expect to happen every couple of months obviously it doesn't at this time of year but you get that break between november and march but then it's sort of a bit unrelenting for a little bit yeah it's all good so, for, a, yeah, for england for fans <laughs> yeah oh well we mentioned wayne rooney there and it's it's a strange one because i don't think he did he technically go bald it went it was like sort of um i think david i classic in the david beckham category david beckham did it out of choice as well didn't he yeah, and he, we and we all know how many different hairstyles David Beckham had. We all know the stories behind him and Sir Alex Ferguson, and the one was it? I think I can't remember what game it was, but he told him to get in the dressing room to shave it off or something along that those was lines. The, the Mohican, I think, wasn't it? He yeah, was wearing told, a... told him to shave it off. Yeah, <laughs> so, so think, we all because, know what Beckham was like with his hair. <laughs> I think I, I seem to remember there was a story. He was wearing a hat or something because he knew that Ferguson wouldn't like the fact that he'd done his mohawk um, to. Uh, to his hair, and I think eventually took this hat off. Probably when they were getting changed before the uh, the game was about to start, and Ferguson went mad at him. Then I think, yeah, I remember. I remember hearing the story and hearing from Beckham on a personal note on an interview once, and you think that doesn't surprise me with Fergie because he could have been an angry bloke at times. <laughs> yeah, I would go back to to Wayne Rooney. Obviously, we mentioned Bobby Charlton there with um, the the forty nine goals he got, but Wayne Rooney current. England top goal scorer with 53. He was, I think he, I think he was going bald. It was around sort of 25, 26, he was going bald and then took it under, but it's sort of a, was it sort of a receding or was yeah. it, I don't know, he sort of took it under his belt a little bit, didn't he? You just, and then, I mean, if you look at it now, but <laughs> I don't know if he's had something done, but um, I think he did have some sort of hair transplant. He's got to because he's, I think he's got to because you look at him now, it looks like it's sort of come back a little bit. Not much, but it's sort of come, I don't know. I, I can't remember how old the top of my head Wayne Rooney is at the minute, but um, obviously because he's managing Derby at the minute, and he's so he, there was that photo going around social media a couple of months ago. He looked like he'd aged about fifteen years. Yeah. <laughs> you saw it because obviously he's it was quite grey at the front and his beard and stuff. Mm. So, I think yeah, he must have had something done. I can remember Wayne Rooney growing up having like sort of losing it in that age, and then. 
sort of semi coming back to him. So <laughs> he must have had something done. And I think, oh, well, um, with with what Derby are going through at the moment, I can imagine he's if, if oh, he's not, yeah, if he's <laughs> not pulling his hair out. It's uh, it's certainly, uh, well, he's certainly doing well to keep hold of it. All things considered, <laughs> with Derby, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, David Beckham. Yeah, I mean, I remember him having, as you say, the 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 mohawk. He had the long hair. Then he had the the cropped thing. This is a thing. Like I was, I was looking at pictures of England footballers, and you think, ah, okay, you're bald. You look like you've just had a close shave. Is that just cropped and, and trying to work out who's who? And I mean, Beckham, you look at him now, you look at his like Instagram page, he's got a full, full flowing locks of hair. Yeah. But yeah, he he used to do everything to it, didn't he? Oh, it, I could say, yeah, I can't remember many different haircuts because he was like, he is probably one of my, my all time favourite footballers. Because when I was growing up, David Beckham was everything yeah. to me as a kid. Like, I loved, I didn't even like Man United, but it's like, well, I'm doing stuff like that, watching because I used to watch a lot of Spanish football when I was a kid. But like you said, I was thinking of it the other day when I was like, when I said the idea to us off the top of my head without doing any Googling, I was trying to think of footballers, whether they're English or just in general, that didn't have any hair. And I was thinking of names. I was thinking like Glenn Johnson came up into my head, but then I remember he sort of had a little hair. He just chose, I think quite a lot of them choose to do it. Yeah. Sometimes like a star and then they grow it back. And one of the iconic ones that one of my mates said to me when I said it to him, he said, well, Ronaldo, like original Ronaldo. I said, well, you can't kind of, you had the little, like you had the little thing at the front. <laughs> And I said to I funnily enough, I said to the missus when she was shaving, I said, Can you leave a bit at the front? And she went, She went, What do you mean? So I showed her the photo when she was doing it. She's like, No. Oh, you did have a little triangle like Ronaldo. I was going to try. If I remembered quickly before she'd done it, I was like, Can I go away? A little bit at the front. But obviously, because that's technically bold, but it's just the little square at the front, I suppose. But that was our choice again. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. (laughs) That, It was that. Was it just the final of when was that? Two. Was that 98? Oh, I think it was the 98 World Cup because I, I can remember the kit. Obviously, I'm quite a football kit nerd. I can I remember the kit was like 98. I think it was, I remember there was all sorts going around in the final whether he was going to play or not. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then it comes out my haircut. <laughs> which, yeah, which got a lot of that. He stole a lot of the headline, headlines just for the uh, just for the haircut that he had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's another one Fabian Delph. Was he? Oh. He was bald. I'm sure he was bald, rather than I, yeah, a close I, cut. I'm pretty sure it, it was he. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, now I think I'm thinking of him at Villa and City. I don't think he ever had any. No, I can't remember him having any hair. Yeah, a, I think I think that's a solid shout. Yeah. So he he got 20 caps for England, and I I always had him down as one of like Gareth Southgate's favourites. He he took a lot of stick from England fans for. Oh, yeah, he doesn't do he a lot or whatever. But I think he was one of these ones that Gareth knew he could rely on, either off the pitch. He knew he was like a a good sort of role model within the uh, the training ground, and he knew he could rely on him on the pitch as well. I'm I'm sure he I'm sure he played a lot under under Gareth. He got twenty caps, but he didn't. He never scored. He was yeah. See, I I described him as what Andros Townsend was to Roy Hodgson. Right. Like everyone sometimes think, why is Andros Townsend in the squad? It wasn't the he wasn't lighting up the Premier League, or but he was just a bit reliable. And obviously, Delph was a and uh, people forget. I mean, as much as people moan about it, but Delph was a flexible player, wasn't he? Because obviously, yeah. he, he played centre mid, and he also was. I think well, I can't remember if it was Pep or someone when he went to City. It was converted him to like a, a wing back, a left or right wing back, and he was he, he could play bit, quite a lot of positions. So it's always good to have someone in the squad if, if a, you know good enough quality to play for England. Because yeah, like, we know Southgate is, himself likes playing players in different positions. We saw it a lot in in the Nations League when you watch John Telly, like Saka when he first came into the team was playing left back a lot of the time. So I think I think I think Southgate likes players with flexibility. And if it's not it's not a bad thing to have. I mean, like he probably never set the world alight for England. He did score a goal, obviously. It wasn't but but it probably was someone good to have in the dressing room. Yeah. He was Southgate actually made him captain one game for the uh Rooney's last game, just going back to Wayne Rooney, his last game, Fabian Delph was captain against the uh, against America. Oh, yeah, the one-off. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to think, which was it actually last game? I remember you forget that we brought him back for that special charity one-off thing against the US. Strange one, that, wasn't it, that, that game? Oh, was a, that, that was an occasion. I didn't think you'd... You read about it. I read about it. I was like, they're bringing him back for one. And then it was another game at Wembley, I suppose, to me. But 
it was it was it was an occasion. It was something to say you were there. I suppose yeah. when you take it off, I've got the little t-shirt in my drawer from the game. Like when you find and you got on the you got on the seat when you walked in, so I nabbed that before anyone else grabbed them. So yeah, an extra couple <laughs> of caps. Yeah, well, that's what it was at the time. I think yeah for the for the um, twenty eighteen to twenty period. <laughs> Go on. Who else have you got on your list? Uh, there was one I was watching the other day. Just funny enough, cropped up when I was watching football on Premier League years on the telly the other day. Rio Ferdinand at Leeds didn't have any hair. Yeah, he. But there are pictures with him with hair. I'm sure there's pictures with of Ferdinand with dreadlocks. Yeah, I was I was watching. I think it was 2000, 2001 or one oh two when he signed for Leeds, and there was a couple of images and him playing. It was there was literally it wasn't just it was there was nothing there. It wasn't sure there was nothing there. It was like Rio, but then you look at Rio now. I don't, like you said, he's had dreadlocks, and then at United, he had sort of a short. Seems to have again, seems to have more of it now when he's on the telly. So, yeah. Again, whether or not he's had work done or whatever. But like the stat prime 2000 to 2005, real, even with dreadlocks, or he was bold, I think, from what I can remember from watching Premier League years and growing up. Yeah, I'm thinking World Cup 2002 in Japan. Um, he was. He was bald then, wasn't he? And, and the Euros 2004 in Portugal, he certainly didn't have any hair then. No, I can, yeah, I can remember because I've got, I've got, I remember watching um, a rerun of the Euros a number, a number of times on DVD. He, he doesn't have it at all. <laughs> 81 caps Ferdinand achieved, three goals. Um, and as you say, played for, for Leeds. Um, he must have been, he must have had dreadlocks when he was at West Ham. Um, and then obviously went to Man United, crossed the border, didn't he, between Leeds and Man United, which at the time wow. was a uh, spicy that was move. An yeah, that was one you always remember reading about or seeing on the telly when you watched classic Premier League or whatever when Rio moved. That was, there was, I'm sure it wouldn't, sure it would get a lot of bigger reception. This, well, I don't know actually, because I think the rival was a bit more in those early years, because obviously Leeds were a better team and the regular team in the Premier League, but. Than they are now. I beg to differ if anyone else changes that one. But I think that you just remember it. I remember my dad telling me how much of a big big move it was at the time because obviously yeah. he's a United fan. Was, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Alan Smith moved between the two, not that he's bald or anything, between Leeds and, and United. I'm trying to think Cantonar. of anyone. Cantona is another one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's one of Leeds fans. <laughs> I've got you know, a couple of Leeds fans, not just from England, but I know a couple of Leeds fans through watching football down at the local club. And yeah, I mentioned his name once and I got, you could see the eyes burning in the back of your head from mentioning <laughs> Cantona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Rio Ferdinand, another one there. Sol Campbell, I mean, at the time, they, oh, yeah, they were yeah. a pairing oh. for, for England at the back. Sol Campbell, Rio Ferdinand. Sol Campbell, obviously... Well, there, there you go. There's another player that that moved yeah, across Tottenham, to Tottenham Arsenal, <laughs> and you talk to a Tottenham fan about Sol Campbell. Now you'll get the same reaction if you just mention between Leeds and, and United yeah, about Cantona. There's, there's a certain song that Tottenham, I think, is about yeah. Sol Campbell. If you're a Tottenham fan, you know what I want about. But <laughs> yeah. I've heard that one around uh, White Hart Lane or the new one a couple of times. So, but, but yeah, he, so- he had hair. He had sort of like a a bulk of of dark hair. And then when he moved to Arsenal, I mean, as an Arsenal fan, I've got this picture of him in my mind holding both the uh, the FA Cup and the Premier League. He's got no hair at all. Um, and I'm, I've seen a couple of pictures of him recently. I think he done a he done a podcast, I think, with David Seaman, and there was video of the, the pair of them talking. And he certainly hasn't got hair now, so I think that's that's gone. Sol Campbell's hair's gone. Again, you see, you, unless you know him personally, or know it, it was said. Like, I don't know if it's a style choice back in the early two thousands yeah. for these footballers to you know, set the trend. But obviously, yes, um, I can remember. I just Sol Campbell was. I remember was it in? I think one of the vivid games I remember in was the two thousand and six Champions League final, Arsenal Barcelona. Yeah, they had a really good game that day. Obviously, it's like it's kind of like a pair. Of, it was talking about Rio and Sol, it's like a pair of Judases, I suppose. For if you're a, if you're a Leeds or a Tottenham fan, it's a pair. But Man United, Arsenal, it's a legend. It's a, a legendary partnership if you're thinking about the other way around. Yeah, there was there was one name I couldn't actually remember if he was bold or not. It just literally coming to my head in the last ten minutes. It was Emil Heskey? Emil Heskey? Do you know what? I got him on my list. I haven't got him on my list. Emil Heskey. I've he... only just. In the time recording this, it's just come up into my head thinking of, yeah. I've got this book here, England Player by Player, that I've had for a little while. It's written by Graham Betts. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to 
find Heskey, H. Hatley, Hallowell, Hendry, H E S, it'll be, won't it? There you go. There's Emil Heskey. Emil William Ivanhoe Heskey. There you go. Okay. Hello, <laughs> there you go. I'm gonna yeah, just so we're yeah. There he is. So the thing is with like these these books, it'll tell you where he was born, his role, his career, his debut, and his appearances. Uh, but it doesn't say whether they're like officially bald or not. <laughs> no, this is not sure. Yeah, there's someone yeah. else. Has, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean he's I think Heskey might have been a um I don't know, he might have been one of these ones that cropped it short. Yeah, just a short because you got it's one of those where I'm thinking of a few names and you, you can't remember them having a head a massive head of hair. Yeah. But I also can't remember them having it. And then you, you you sort of in your head I'm thinking like like players like I said, Glenn Johnson, Emil Heskey, like players like that, it just they've had it short. Yeah. Or they've had it bold or just like a, a really like kind of what I've got them in it, kind of like a really skinny layer of hair. Yeah. But it's like it's probably out of choice. And then you see another photo of them with like a different sort of haircut. Heskey's one of them. I guess we ought to say that to any any players potentially listening to this, I don't mean any offence by this. It's just observations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've, just, I've got this image of Heskey in my mind scoring against Germany in the five-one, and Heskey scored, didn't he? And then there was the song five-one. Even Heskey scored, but Heskey ran away, pretending to be a DJ. I think didn't he put his hand to his ear and was yeah. spinning the decks. I mean, it, that England Germany game was one of the first proper get. I'm not, I don't remember it in person because I was only, I don't think it was two or three, but it was one of the things my granddad had on DVD. Oh. Like, because I think I think the mail did like a DVD or something, or one of the papers did a DVD of the game, like the highlights. I remember going around there once when I was like seven or eight and watching these highlights. And I'd watch it all the time, and it, I did like a report on it at school, like for something like that about the game and the details. So it's one of the games I vividly remember because I've watched it so many times. About that thing, it was like probably one of my first proper England memories. That would be like watching that DVD because I remember vaguely 2004 and obviously a bit more 2006 World Cup. But one of the yeah. proper things was like it, that sticks the team sticks in my head because of I watched it so many times. Yes. I watched it like every Saturday or something just to stick it on. Like, or anyone was like, "Kinda, can we watch this?" Like, you watched it like 300 times, but <laughs> oh, that's, that's certainly a game that's worth watching 300 times. Oh yeah, what what a game! It's one of those ones that I. I know where I was when I watched it, but I wish I'd have been there. I can imagine, yeah. I think if I was older, I think it would be one of the same things. And in fact, that was the last time that England beat Germany in Germany in a competitive game where, where points were at stake. Obviously, we've beaten twice now in friendlies. We've beaten him twice in Berlin. I remember we yeah, beat- well, I think twenty. I remember 2016 for the Euros. 2-0 down, weren't we, when um, Jack Butland got his injury. And yeah. then, yeah, and came back. When was the other one? I think it was, was it when John Terry scored as well? Yeah, so we, yeah, I, think I think it was, two. was it 2008? I went to that one. Didn't go to the one that, where we won 3-2. We, John Terry scored and Matthew Upson scored. Yeah, it was a defensive, it was a defensive, I remember, because I remember watching something on John Terry, and remember, I think it was a def- yeah, defensive masterclass that sort of day. Yeah, 2-1 we won. Annoyingly, I actually met Matthew Upson a couple of times. I've I've met him, um, and I've asked him to come on the podcast, and uh, and so far he's declined. Uh, but I'd love yeah. to speak to him about that one. Yeah, yeah, Emil Heskey. Um, well, should we go for sort of close shave, personal close cut? That one, I think. Yeah, for, uh, for that's, so that, that's in the close cut category. Yeah, for Alan Shearer is another one in it. Alan, yeah. Now, I mean, obviously he's clear. You see him every week if you watch Match of the Day. Alan Shearer is another one on my list, and he he had hair on his last game that he played for England. His last game was Euro 2000 in a game that we lost to Romania. Um, but as you say, you see him now, he's pulled as a coup, as the, uh, as the phrase is when we see him on match of the day. Um, but he certainly had hair on his debut when he scored against France, and he was a, he was a Southampton player. Was one of your, one of your boys. Yeah. It was. It went, I think was it Salapton, Blackburn, Newcastle. He went. Was it? Think, yeah, yeah. Because he won the league with Blackburn, didn't he? Yes, oh, I think that's yeah. fair to say that was his only achievement, wasn't it? Winning the league with Blackburn. Yeah, it's it's, it's, one, of, it's one of those year. I mean, I I think he was just retiring or just at the end of his career when I was sort of seven or eight. So you sort of little bits of memories about obviously hearing about him from my granddad through Southampton and whatnot. 
hearing about what it was like and stuff. And then I, re- I can just remember him being Newcastle manager for a little bit, obviously, to try and keep them in the league in like 2008, 2009. That was probably, and then I, was, I know him more now for Saturday evening telly ranting about Newcastle. Yeah. Or ranting about something. 63. I think when I was, um, when I was a kid, he was sort of um, riddled with sort of injuries when I was growing up. Right. Obviously, you could, it was every other game he sort of got injured, unfortunately for Shearer. But yeah, I think he, because I remember that goal he scored, I think it was against Portsmouth to break the record or Blackburn or one of the two. Okay. Sort of, sort of remember him having hair in the goal he scored to break the Premier League record or whatever the record was at the time. So it's another one of them where sort of like he was and he wasn't and he was. <laughs> yeah. You can't totally say you can remember vivid years of him being there bold, but he's, he That's... certainly is now, but what's the. <laughs> Perhaps someone should mock up a, um, I don't know, a little video of, of famous Alan Shearer celebrations because it's only the one celebration where he wheels away with his hand <laughs> up. But they should do it through the years. Sort of his very first goals at Southampton, which incidentally, I think he scored on his debut against Arsenal for Southampton. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but they should have scoring for Southampton, wheeling away with his hand up, scoring for... England wheeling away with his hand up, Blackburn, then Newcastle. And then just you can see the receding hairline as it it's as it goes through the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as the years go down, a little flicker of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, 63 caps for Shearer, 30 goals um, between 92 and 2000. And I think obviously the the famous ones will be the Euro 96 ones, won't they? Well, yeah, the ones that stick in your head, particularly how much they've reshown Euro 96 over the block, obviously with the Euros this year. Yeah. And the documentary in lockdown and stuff. So obviously, they rebroadcasted it, didn't they, in the first lockdown on ITV? And I watched yeah. quite a lot of it, to be fair, because they put it all on with nothing else to do. But it was quite, it was nice to watch. And it was, I yeah. think the team was someone else. Yeah, those, the goal against Holland, the two he got against Holland. Uh, there was the opener against Switzerland he got. And yeah, the, he scored against, scored against Germany as well, didn't he? Yes, yeah. In the, in the semi final. Yeah, Alan Shearer, I think. Yeah, I bald now, but wasn't when he played. Um, and you mentioned, obviously, he was manager at one point for Newcastle. England, this is the only, I think, the only current England-related player I can think of at the moment. Well, he's not even a player, but manager, Lee Carsley, is the under-21 manager. He's actually played for the Republic of Ireland. Um, so the England link is sort of tenuous other than he's under-21 manager. But he's... Bald as at the moment. Yeah, I've met Lee Carsley himself actually as well. It was Have a random really? one. I was on holiday in Turkey with a mate of mine when I was like 14 and he was in this bar in Turkey. And my mate, me and my mate didn't know who he was until, well, we didn't vaguely know who he was until his dad, who was a, a big Forest fan, recognised Lee Carsley. So I've got a photo with him somewhere on my mate, in my mate's phone from years oh, ago. Right. Yeah. And he was definitely bold when I met him because he was a nice, he was a nice bloke. He, yeah, I could, he was as bold as they come, Lee Carsley. Ah, well, there you go. You'll have to dig that photo out. That'll be one for you, especially for you. Uh... I was going to say, I might have message my mate and see. Have you got that somewhere on one of your old phones? Because I remember <laughs> him taking on his because I didn't have mine on me at the time. Yeah. About, I think we're about 14, 15 at the time. Well, especially if he starts to do the business for the under 21s. Oh, yeah. If he becomes England, or if, become, if, if one day maybe he becomes England manager or whatever, you say, I've met you about 20 years Well, whatever age I am at the time, I met you about 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. In this bar in Turkey. <laughs> I don't know how that would, I don't know how that would go down, a uh, a former Republic of Ireland player being England manager. I'm not sure that would go oh. down too well. Yeah, I suppose that's an, that's an interesting one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's another one. Andrew Johnson, former... Everton, Palace, Fulham, that oh, I, I think we'd have to say is a close cut as well, but I don't think yeah, it was technical. I, was, I remember I remember Andy Johnson basically for being at Everton, I think. I remember him scoring against Liverpool a couple of times. But yeah, I, mm. I just look at thinking of images in my head now, and I think he is. Yeah, I'd say it was a close close run thing, as we're calling it. But <laughs> Yeah, he, he was one of these players. Wasn't he, wasn't he Andy Johnson at one stage? And then he sort of... Transformed into Andrew Johnson, much like yeah, Andy Cole, Andrew Cole. Yeah, the commentator changed. You just get the commentator changing his mind on the commentary all the time. I remember watching that back today as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was a bit like John Joe Shelby. Really, he's got a bit of a uh, a forgettable England career in, with the greatest of respect. Eight caps, no goals, but he played under under Sven and Steve McLaren, um, Andy oh. Johnson. <laughs> 
Uh, go on. Uh, anyone else on your list? Um, I just I'm kind of I'm drafting away from England into England internationals and such. I the ones we mentioned, like Roberto Carlos and stuff yeah. like that. Obviously, they were clear. England, it's just it just you think of it, and it's just like it's more close. You can see them being bold, but then you can also get. I've got images of. Like, I remember Joe Cole having a short haircut at one point yeah. as well, around two thousand and six to eight time. But then you look at him on telly now, and he's got something there again. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of close cut ones here. I've got is uh, Wes Brown. Uh, I think was a close cut. There was Stan Collymore, um, obviously a, um, a controversial player. Um, three caps, yeah, <laughs> three caps. He got zero goals. Um, of course, played at Forest and Villa. They actually played against Japan and Brazil in the. It was an Umbro tournament back in '95, um, and he played. I think one competitive game against Moldova. There was Danny Mills, everyone's favourite uh, TV yeah, pundit. Danny Mills, that was what Danny Mills. He was, he was a figure. Yeah, I mean, was he, <laughs> was he bald or was that a close one? No, that I think I think I'd I class that as well because I've I'm thinking of it in my head now. Be him and being on the telly and yeah. being on like football. I can I can't no. I, I, I'd say that was a bold one. Yeah, unless you can, can he can verify it himself. <laughs> I'd go I'd go with bold on that one. Oh, I always remember Danny Mills being done proper uh, I think it was by Thierry Henry and, and I don't think he's ever got over that one that's what actually when you mentioned it Thierry Henry he had a hair at the start of his career at Arsenal and as he goes as he got a little bit on yeah he, you look at him now he's a nice smooth like you look at the I did such weird Thierry Henry as you'd expect has got like a nice smooth head when you see him on all these telly adverts and stuff being French and elegant and whatnot yeah <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's what I think lost his hair I remember him he was one of my favourite strikers growing up, and I remember him having a bit there, and then just he was, like, as he went to Barcelona, latter stage of his career at Arsenal, yeah. Just got shorter and shorter, and you kind of just yeah. grew accustomed to it. Paul Robinson? Paul Robinson, the goalkeeper? Yeah. Now, this that's interesting, because I, I was thinking about goalkeepers, and I was trying to think, obviously, I'm, I immediately think of, like, Shilton um, and Seaman, who both had huge mops of hair, but now you say Paul Robinson... I, yeah, when he was at Spurs, it was it was a close cut, wasn't it? Whether it was technically, I can, I'm thinking I'm, I'm I'm more recent when I've seen him on TV or just seen him make an interview. I can't remember him having, but then obviously because I remember him, I think the most iconic thing for Paul Robinson was that goal he scored against Watford when he scored from for yes, yeah, yeah. when he scored right up there. Here you go. Look, I've got my book out again. Paul Not William sure. Robinson, and there he is. That looks like a close cut to me. That's that's a very close cut. I can see, yeah. Not, not remembered vaguely with England, obviously, with the incident in Croatia. You could say with Gareth. Was it Gary Neville as well? Yeah. I was going to say that. There's the game in Croatia again in Zagreb where hit a divot, basically, didn't it? Yeah, that wasn't. Just one popped my head through Southampton um, at the minute. and When he when he played for England, he didn't have it. I think Theo, he had air. It was Theo Walcott. Yeah. Theo, I mean, Theo Walcott. He's had it so many different styles again. I know he, I know he's never fished. I think it's another close cut, but he's always had it sort of short. And then one minute he has hairstyles, and the next minute he doesn't. I yeah, of course. Well, <laughs> you mentioned it's a style choice. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Southampton. Obviously, you are a um, you're a Southampton fan yourself, and I don't know. Obviously, with your age, um, this probably predates you. But there was a player called David Armstrong. I don't know if you're aware of him. Vaguely recognise the name. Vaguely. Well, David Armstrong. When I uh, I've done my uh, done my research, and I've literally put bald exclamation mark here. Um, <laughs> his England career is is one that I I don't remember. Three caps. He got no goals between 1980 and 1984. Uh, the poor fella was subbed off in all three of his games um, no. against Australia, Germany, and Wales. Um, he played. I'm going to find a picture for you. Obviously, this doesn't work on an audio podcast, but people will have to to Google him. Oh, do you know people what? Are, this... People are listening to this, looking on their phone right now, looking at David. Also. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know what? This this picture they've got here in this book, he's actually got hair, <laughs> but there is a picture <laughs> of him. There's a picture of him playing for, in- or playing for England. There you go. There he is. Yeah, because, yeah. It's all, it's all at the sides. I think, yeah. Around, yeah. I mean, he could probably do a Bobby Charlton comb over there, couldn't he? 
Um, you use what he's got left in that. Yeah. Part, but there's there's a picture of him playing or about to play for England um, where he is properly shiny, um, and he's he's wearing the old England admiral shirt with the 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 red and the blue along the uh, sort of the chest yeah. panels. But other ones I I picked out. It was Trevor Sinclair. Um, he had a massive dreadlocks and then shaved it all off. Steve Stone was another one. Um, Nicky Butt. I think he had hair, but like Shearer. Yeah, I, I Nicky Butt. I was I was going to say that earlier. I did, I couldn't remember because I remember I no images of him having no hair. But then I, then again, I couldn't remember if he, if, when he was in his playing days or in his, in his nowadays as he, if he has. Yeah, that was one of goodness. Yeah, mm. Nicky Butt, class of ninety two. I think we've probably gone through a lot of them, which kind of, I think you've corrected me with, with the goalkeepers in my list. I couldn't find any with Paul Robinson, but then he kind of look forward and I'm looking at like the current team now and, and Gareth as well. Gareth's got a, a full head of hair and I'm thinking, who, who's going to be, who's going to be the first to go? Um, you've, got, you've got to look, I'm trying to look at players it's hard at the minute with England because there's not many plus thirty year olds in the team. It's true because of because of what's going on and stuff. You, I just yeah, like you said, I'm sorry. This is one thing I thought about the other day. Can you which any of them going to sooner we're going to notice a receding hairline in someone? Yeah. <laughs> the only one I can think of, and as you say, because a lot of them are twenty between twenty and thirty. But the one that I've put down is probably the one that is what is over thirty. Is Carl Walker. Oh, I could see Kyle Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Will he, will he be the first one to right go? Back Streamlined right back with no hair. Yeah. So rapid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Perhaps that's why some of them do it for, for streamlining purposes. I might go out there and say Raheem Sterling because he likes to seem to like to have it short. He's had a couple of short haircuts in his time. I mean, he's had 700 different haircuts from what I remember. But <laughs> yeah. He, he might, his might go at some point. Just trying to think because it's so hard because, like we said, there's not many. Elder statesman, as you'd call it, or elder players in the England yeah. team. Bold, okay, I'm, I'm going to stick out there and say Harry Kane is going to go at some point. Do you think? I'm just going to stick it out there and Harry Kane. Harry Kane's going to go at some point. Perhaps someone, <laughs> perhaps someone can mock up a Harry Kane uh, bald picture. Have a little play around. And if you if you listen to this, have a, get a get one of those apps where you can get with nowhere and see what they look like. Yeah, he, tweet, he, tweet, tweet it and see what they look like. The the uh, <laughs> the Euro 2020 squad. Which which one looks best bald? <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't imagine something like one of them couldn't imagine with Jack Green because he loves his hair. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that'd go down too well, would he? I, no. I can't imagine he'd feel too good if that was to all go. Then again, then it's another one like Phil Foden likes his quite short. Yeah, that is true. That is true. We've mentioned obviously Lombardo, Yapstan, Carlos. Any other famous one? I'll tell you one that immediately stood out, and he's not even a player. Um, is the referee is Kalina? Ah, Luigi Kalina. Yeah, the scariest man in football. It was. Yeah, <laughs> when I was growing, well, I say when I was growing up, I was probably would have been mid twenties or something. But even then, you looked at him and he's he just had the big wide eyes. And he, the sh- he looked like yeah. You look at a photo. You didn't know the referee, or you didn't know he looked like that perfect. You'd think he was on something. You'd think he was. You'd think he'd taken something before he'd gone on the pitch. And you remember, like, there's one thing that my um. My dad always spoke about it when I if she spoke. Oh, Kalina, Kalina, he was a proper referee. Yeah, <laughs> sort of person you wouldn't mess with, either no, I, in the high street, down an alley. Let, yeah, let alone on a football pitch. You wouldn't mess with him as a referee. He had that authority, and that probably helped for his looks. Yeah, I mean the modern day equivalent of referee. Would, well, he doesn't referee anymore. Howard Webb. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he, he didn't have. Right. Yeah, he didn't have the authority. I don't think as uh, Kalina. No, I don't think that. I don't, I don't think referees are half as scary as what Colleen was. <laughs> he puts the modern day referees to shame, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah. Did you mention Zidane? Yeah, Zidane. He he had hair. There was, I remember pictures of him, I think when he played for like some French team, he might play for someone like, he played for Monaco or Auxerre or someone like that. And I remember seeing some sort of pictures with him. He had sort of dark hair, but then as he as he grew, got older, and then famously got sent off in the 2006 World Cup. He, I think that was that was shaved short then, wasn't it? Mm. I'm thinking of um, thinking of just the World Cup. The Cannavaro, Italian, yeah, Italian captain. He picked the World Cup. Yeah, 
Yeah, when he picked the World Cup up, those pictures of when him, he he's got no hair. Up, yeah, yeah he, he was, I don't know, there's one of those again, unless you confirm with himself, has he been told? <laughs> How are you, is it a choice or have you lost your hair? <laughs> it's one of those it's an awkward question, isn't it? Because like, we can remember all these names of players that like, have, have had it short, but you can never confirm, is it a choice or have you actually lost your hair? So yeah. <laughs> it's kind of an awkward question to ask. <laughs> yeah, if that is an awkward question to ask, has anyone actually asked you, like, without knowing your backstory? Um, so this is what I keep thinking. I was going, I went to the shop the other day. This was before I started the project. I had it short. And um, I went without my house. I couldn't find it. And um, no one no one come up to me. I'm waiting for someone to say to me. And so, oh, well, well it probably be. I think it will probably be when I go back to work once I've finished all this. Right. Because I, I work on a farm. So maybe it's sort of still short, which I think it will be. I think we're like, is it a choice? And I think I'll, I'll explain it. So it's just, it's, I think it, I don't, it's one of those I don't think people would expect to hear the answer. You know what? If you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if that's that's been one thing about this is like people who know me but didn't know this is going on, and I feel like I, I feel obliged to explain to them why I'm not doing stuff. And then you sort, I told one lad a couple of weeks ago, and he was his face sort of dropped. And you know, that's one thing I said to people. People like, so mate, honestly, I don't know how to react. So I said, I, I say to people like that, I say don't worry about it i say the best thing honestly i i don't want so I, I didn't want people to sort of like be like oh my god you know I'm so, obviously i'm really sorry i'm really trying to, you know it could but i just people can laugh about it like people can like make quite a lot of my mates have said oh your suit old you look like this this you know and i like it just it's funny it's you know i mean it's not fair to me personally but obviously i'm gonna wait for the day like like you just said i think people i think more but i'll be more asked more when i'm at work and obviously I, They've got time to explain it. I'm, yeah. I'm not ashamed. I'm not. I'm not sort of ashamed to explain it all. Like I'm going to hide away from the fact. Because I think it's something you've got to get out there. Like we said at the start of it. Yeah. No. That's that's good to hear how how you're coping with it. And and I'm I'm sure as people do ask, they'll they'll understand and and appreciate what what you're going through or what you've been through. And yeah. And and that is huge credit to you, I think. And staying strong, Thank staying you. positive, and and your family too. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's the, the, that's the most amazing thing for me is to be safe, stay for the family. And obviously, Dave, um, my partner, bless her, she's been as um, solid as solid as anything. She's been a trooper, obviously, with with, with the little man and been a trooper for me when I haven't had the, haven't had the best of days or if I've had a side effect. She's been, she's been. I can't can't credit her enough considering what I um what I put her through in the uh, summer when I was barely in the house making <laughs> <laughs> regular trips to London, which I didn't expect to be doing. Well, you weren't the only one. Uh, when I'm going and when I'm going away to these countries, like bear in mind, she'd never heard of or like when I'm telling her I'm going to go here next year or go there, she puts up a bit. She's been she's been an absolute trooper, bless her. <laughs> That's good to hear. It's good to hear. And uh, well, I mean, hopefully, come March we can uh, you'll be fit and ready to you'll be match ready to, uh, to yes, come I out and say hello to everyone. I look forward to catching up with people. Listen, I look forward to catching up with yourself, Russell. Yeah, for a nice. Trip. I think I've said I've said this about 15, 20 times on Twitter and Facebook and everybody. I look forward to catching up with the point. I just don't want to fit it all in. We're probably going to have to be at Wembley at some point. So. <laughs> no, it's been a uh, been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, Callum. Um, thank you very much for for sharing. Uh, yeah, no problem at all. It's, it's an important message to get out there. And like I said, I'm happy to share. And then also, if you've got me on Twitter or if you if you know of me on Twitter or Facebook, if you've got any questions or anything you want to ask in the future or now just feel free to drop me a message i'm quite happy to talk about stuff so anything any any questions you may have about if it's about yourself or about a friend or anything like that or just genuinely curious feel free to drop me a message oh, that's that's top stuff and yeah take take my hat off to you yeah no nice one it's been as i say really been great to speak to you and let's catch up soon thank you very much mate. pleasure Huge thanks to Callum there for sharing his story. I genuinely don't know how I'd feel if I was in his position, but I would certainly take inspiration from his strength and his positivity there. Now, I know the main bulk of the conversation was a uh, a bit left of centre about bald footballers, and we intended no harm, no harm to anyone. But the important point of the conversation was about his journey, uh, and I'm sure it may resonate with some listeners too. As guys, it is important to look after ourselves mentally, physically, 
if anything does feel out of place, different or wrong, go get yourself sorted, get yourself checked out. Better safe than sorry. Now, Callum is on Twitter, as he mentioned. Should you like to connect with him, you can find him at Callum3081. That's Callum, C-A-L-L-U-M, 3081. And we did mention that there is a donation page. If you Google, go fund me, Callum Clifton. Callum, as we've mentioned, two L's, Clifton, C-L-I-F-T-O-N. You should find it there. Now, I hope you've enjoyed the chat and the episode. Uh, If we've forgotten anyone, if we've forgotten any bald footballers, England footballers, please do drop us a line. Uh, As you know, the podcast is on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You can email me, threelionspodcast at gmail.com. Or should you want to mock up any of the current England players with no hair, please do. Or that idea with Alan Shearer slowly receding through the years whilst celebrating. It's just a bit of fun. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back with you again very soon with another in our England Manager series. As you know, we've had Walter Winterbottom, Alf Ramsey, we've had Don Revy. If you know your managers, you'll know who's coming next. And I hope you can join me for it. So until then, look after yourselves. Check yourselves. Cheers. Cheers.